Welcome to Prompt. I'm Arielle Beth Klein, and I've put together a series of interviews with people from different walks of life, all beginning with the same three prompts. Your first love, your best friend, and your untold story. In this episode, I chat with Laurel, who's a filmmaker, teacher, and low-key musician, as we find out in this episode in NYC. Meet Laurel. I thought about that question when you sent it to me a few days ago, and I think genuinely my first love would be, it's not a person, but it's a thing, it's music, and that is the love of my life, really, and it's ironic because I don't, um, that is not my primary focus right now. Uh, I'm a writer, director, and actor, um, where I uh, focus on you know film and and um, and theater, I write plays and direct them, and um, I also write and direct film. But film is my a great love too. But music, it's really encompasses everything. So I discovered music when I was a kid. Um, my mother and my father listened to a lot of music, and I had a bit of a traumatic incident happen to me when I was really young, six, and so my, I was kind of sheltered from the world in some sense and so my mother had this really big canister, I, call it, I guess you call it a canister, this like tubular looking thing and she kept all her 45s in it Oh, cool! and I had this like little record player and I would just sit in my room and just play records constantly. When you were six then? Yeah, six, wow. seven, yeah and so I became, developed an obsession with music and so I started writing my own music, my own songs. I didn't realize that's what I was doing but I would, yeah and give concerts and things like that <laughs> in, my, in, my, in my bedroom um, with thousands of people cheering me on and I'd watch TV and see musicians and I could um, easily, um, I had this really uncanny ability to figure out, I want to know all about discographies and things like that, how many albums people had and how long were the songs and things like yeah. that and um, who was in the bands and these are particular artists I didn't even know about or didn't care about really but I, I, I was obsessed with that kind of information and every time I went over to someone's we went over to someone's house I would try to find where their record collection was see what they were listening to and so I would go through the record albums this was in vinyl was hip then but um, <laughs> and and sometimes I'd get in trouble and I remember my my aunt's boyfriend had this massive record collection and I couldn't stay away from it because he had all kinds of jazz and, and R&B and rock. He listened to everything and I was obsessed with it. And so sometimes he would come in and say, you want me to play something? And I would get to pick a record for him to play. And I'd just sit there and listen. And with a, looking at the, the record album and the cover um, and reading the liner notes and things like that. And, I get, and then I'd beg him to play another one. A lot of times he wouldn't, but sometimes he would if he was in a good mood. He wasn't the nicest guy, but um, so when you were um, yeah, when you were starting to quote write your own music but not know yeah. what that is, did you yeah. write like lyrics or were you did you play an instrument? Do you play one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, my mother. Um, the first instrument I I was taught was piano. Okay. Um, to this day, I'm not a good pianist, but um, I did learn piano first and then. I got into uh, the only thing that was available to me as a, a in elementary school was the orchestra. So I played 
violin and a cello and um, eventually there was a percussion section which really interested me so I found my way back to the percussion section I ended up playing xylophone um, oh. and I was very good at it And but I thought it was stupidly I got made fun of a lot because I played this like kind of feminine instrument which mm-hmm. later on I realized that they were idiots but because um, there's a lot of whatever it doesn't matter but um and then I went on to uh, the drums, you know, cool. um, and eventually went to high school and I joined the marching band and I played uh, bass drum, the bass drum and then the, um, and then snare. So, and also still played xylophone in the orchestra. At the same time? Yeah, there, there was orchestra and there was band. But oh, I, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you meant separate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I went. I just went through like fifteen years there. So, um, however, I um, this is a story I tell my students sometimes. As I there was this movie called Whiplash in which I saw, which was really crazy, because I um, I had it. It wasn't my life, but it was very similar in the sense that. I really, really wanted to be a great percussionist, a drummer. My plan was to be a jazz drummer and um, go to Berkeley College of Music and to uh, and then paint on the side. And um, so I had already vision. That's what my life was going to be. Right. And um, I, um, I, in high school, you have these. At least my high school, you had these things called electives mm-hmm. that you had to take and band was one and then I had to take another one and I wanted to take art but the only art class that was available at the time was a uh, intermediate art class and so I kind of talked my way into it and <laughs> so <laughs> she let me go? take the class and um, I it was very apparent very very quickly that I didn't have any artistic talent yet and I didn't need to be in that class and she said you know I think you might want to try another class I think this class might be too advanced for you um and I was really heartbroken and I I knew she was right and so I went and I looked to see if I could find any other classes that fit my time um the time that I was available I had available and I don't want to do shop or electronics or any of that stuff um I went to do you even call it shop now? But whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, One word carpentry yeah, yeah. stuff. I yeah. I wasn't interested in any of that um, for some reason. I wish I had taken one of those classes. I didn't do. Um, so I went to the chorus and so sat in there and the same thing. I wanted to sing, but I didn't have a voice yet. I didn't discover my voice until much later. Um, and so then I. Someone said they need guides for the um, drama department in the drama class. So I went there and I sat in on the class and I looked and I, I looked at these kids and they were doing these drama exercises and whatever, I could do that. So and that was <laughs> I my, could do that. Yeah. Dude. And so I was able to join the class, no problem, because he needed he needed men, right. he needed guys. Um, um, so there was like maybe three of us total. Um, and so I stayed there and it was really, it came, it was much easier for me to write and act and direct than it was music, because music, it was beautiful, it was great, but I, it was in my body, but at the same time, I didn't have the discipline to like sit there for hours and hours doing paradiddles and flams and blah, 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 it was just 
I just drove me crazy. But I was getting better, but I didn't. I was getting frustrated with it. It was immediate um, gratification in drama. So, and I, I was, that was great. You do a, you do a monologue or something, immediately there's applause. You know, whereas yeah. for performing music, you had to wait until you got it from an audience. Um, there, I was getting it every day. But that wasn't the only reason. But I, um, I was still... However, I found my way um, to, towards focusing on drama because my, I think my sophomore, no, my, it was my junior year. And I got a part in a school play. And um, what play? Uh, what part? Can you share? The Nerd. Okay. Yeah, they were doing The Nerd. And I um, got the part of Axel. And when you think about it now, why are we playing these 20, 20 30 year old people? But whatever, right. I get it. And so <laughs> it was a great part. Um, and I wanted to do it. And so, because I auditioned for it and I got it. And, um, but the dates of the show conflicted with a spring concert that we were supposed to play. The orchestra was supposed to play. And I went to my uh, band leader at the time, orchestra leader or teacher, and said, hey, I've got a conflict. I'm in this school play and I can't do it. He said, Mr. Man, if you do not play this concert, I will fail you. And um, I was like, oh, he loves me. He's not going to fail me. So, um, so I had my drama instructor speak to him and he um, came back the next day and said, he's not budging because that's part of your grade and this play is extracurricular. It's not part of your grade. So I, I said, I don't think he's going to film me. I'm not going to go. And sure enough, he filmed me. Um, and my grade point average went, Whoa. Yeah, and so to retaliate, I um, dropped all music. I'm not playing anything. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go devote my time and energy to drama and to theater, and um, and that's what I did. And so years later, when the music bug started to hit me again strongly, I felt really bad because it's like, damn, I could be really good by now if I kept it up. Um, and so I picked up a guitar and taught myself guitar and bass and um, started writing songs and eventually. Um, Actually, at the Barry Bite, was in a scene with a guy in, in an acting class, and we were rehearsing in his place, and he had all these uh, guitars on the wall. And, and I said, are you, are you play? And he says, obviously. And I, said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, do you write? What kind of stuff do you play? I say, he says, I play country, I play rock, and whatever. So we started talking. We didn't rehearse, and we were talking about music. And I said, he said, do you play? I said, yeah, well, I've been teaching myself. And I write, he says, really, you write music? I said, I write songs. And uh, he said, he pulled a guitar off the wall right then and made me play something for him. And I played something and he just looked at me and said, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, how many more do you have? <laughs> and so um, I think I played maybe one more and I got very shy and stopped. I'm not going to play anymore. Cause, um, and so... Next thing you know, we were, I was going over to his place every weekend, and we were jamming. And eventually that led to us forming a... We played out a few places, and the, the response was pretty great. And then we got a band together, and then um, we got a following pretty fast. And eventually I broke away from that band with two of the other members and started my own band. We recorded an album and all this other stuff. What was your new so, band called? I'm not saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
And we played together for about, I think, maybe five, five and a half years. And and we broke up maybe maybe six, seven years ago. And I haven't huh. pl- written a song since. But lately, I've been getting the bug again. Yeah. So I have all these guitars at home. And I have a, ba- a bass guitar. And, and so I've been jamming or taking official... I took lessons years ago and was teaching myself. But I wanted to learn all the stuff I didn't know. So I have a, like a sort of a barter exchange with one of my friends who comes over and he's trying to get into acting. So he's a musician too. And so we're starting to jam together and then, then for like an hour and a half and then I'll give him an acting lesson for an hour. So it's kind of working itself out. That's so cool. eventually I'll start writing a set, writing songs again um, and then we'll see what happens. But music is my first love. It's a long-winded answer to your question. So... Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> What's um your favorite genre of music to listen to now? Um, it varies. I've been I've been um I I guess I would say rock music is my favorite. Um, all all the subgenres of rock music. I guess more alternative. Although lately I've been listening to a lot of stuff from the eighties. I also like um um. That's probably my favorite genre. Um, then followed by. And I and in that sense, I would say uh, alternative rock music, really, um, and um, classic rock too. Um, and then that would be followed by soul, R and B slash soul um, from like the seventies and eighties. I love that that sound. I'm not so much of a fan of the current stuff that's out or mm-hmm. what what is being considered. R&B, um, it just does nothing for me. But however, there are some alternative artists that I really, really like um, that are not so mainstream. It's like a classic R&B band or artist that you're like everyone should know. Well, my favorite is Prince of all time, and he's right. he crosses all genres like rock, um, 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 R&B. He's even tapped into hip hop, even though I don't like his hip hop stuff that much. But um, uh, but he was my favorite artist of all time. My favorite artist of all time were pr- the Order or Prince and then uh, David Bowie and Aretha Franklin. Those three are my absolute favorites. And I'm a major fan of like Radiohead, um, Rolling Stones, um, uh, PJ Harvey. I love. Currently, I'm listening to. I really like Lizzo. I think she's a really talented songwriter and singer, performer. I like Janelle Monet. Uh, I like her stuff. There's an artist out of Europe. Her name is Nila Friyanya. I love and listen to her record nonstop. I like Tool. Um, huh. <laughs> country artist Sturgill Simpson. I like him a lot. Um, and um, Chris, um, what is his name? He's a big country singer. He's only had like two or three albums, but it, I can't remember his name. Chris Stapleton, yeah. I like him a lot too. So no, Now I have a whole list. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, as I've been recording these interviews, I've yeah. been um, getting really different reactions from people um, about when I ask them about their best friend. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have one. Some people um, have like ten, and they're like, "How can you pick one?" So I was just wondering at where you are right now in your own personal social circle. I used to do that thing a lot where I would say, my best friend is so-and-so, my best friend is so-and-so, I would say it all the time. I don't do that so much anymore. Um, I have close friends. Um, 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 There's probably three women that are my closest friends. 
close friends and we all do the stuff together, Nellie, Don, and Monique. Um, and then as um, and then I have my friend Rory and I have a friend Michael who are really close. Um, these are my close friends. I've gone through a lot with these people. So those five. And then I have other people throughout um, throughout different parts of the country that I speak to once a month or something. My friend Alex who lives upstate. Um, I have a couple of Eric's. There's an Eric in New Orleans mm-hmm. and Eric in um, San Francisco. But these are close friends, and I don't say best friend anymore. Maybe it's getting older, but um, I had this thing one time where I said, my best friend so-and-so, then the person said, well, my best friend is this other person. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have offended. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not the reason I did it, but I, I just feel that my best friend is me, and my, I don't say... I'm not a religious person, but I'm very, very spiritual. And I'd say my higher power is my best friend. When you must, if you want to call it God or the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very worried about saying, I can't believe I'm saying that on the podcast because people then go, oh, religion is very different. Well, good thing I Religion don't and any... spirituality are very, very different. So, yeah, no, I totally um, agree. Yeah. So um, I would say that's my best friend. Yeah. The one I go awesome. to. And communicate with on a daily basis and throughout the day that keeps me on the straight and narrow and sometimes when I go off of it I get I get in trouble do you meditate daily yes um, I do first thing when I get up um, um, uh, for 20 minutes and then I do uh, I pray there's certain prayers I say and then there's mantras that I do and then there's a writing of a journal when I can get to it and then there's a reading that I do and books at the time I'm reading that you know just open your keep your mind open and your channels open to things greater than you and then there's a podcast that I listen to so this is all like an hour within an hour and then I try to go to the gym right after that and then my day starts um I don't always do it successfully meaning like I may wake up I mean, I get to the gym for another two or three hours because I'm too tired mm-hmm. from the day before or something or something comes up I gotta send emails or something but when I don't start the day off that way, my day doesn't go as well. Like it's not as successful. I find that I may get short-tempered about something really stupid and idiotic. Um, but when I'm centered, I center myself at the beginning of the day. The day usually goes pretty damn well. And when I find myself getting upset about something, and I go, why am I getting upset about this? I don't get it. I realize, oh, you didn't meditate today. You just got out of bed and got on the train because you need to because it was an early, really early yeah. morning, morning appointment for some reason, or I need to get on the train to go upstate to go teach or something. And um, but when I make the time, which is about I'm gonna be very honest, which is about say seven days in a week. There's I do it five to six days a week, and there may be one day where I just like don't do it, and I stop and do it in the middle of the day, and then the rest of the day goes very well. Wow, so it is something that even if you start the day off having not had that time to yourself yeah. during in the middle of the day, you can do it and it can pick back up in a more positive way. Yeah, but way. I have to make the time to do right. it. And even if it's just like it may not be twenty minutes of meditation, it might just be going somewhere and sitting for like five minutes and just getting centered and just trying to shut out the outside world and mm-hmm. um, for that period of time and centering yourself and that brings me back to earth I think yeah. when I do that and so things go much better for me after that yeah you know? I have that experience when I am not in nature for too long like if I spend too much time in the city and I don't like see a nice tree or like touch grass my body yeah. gets very like 
agitated easily. Yeah, I was upstate. Uh, my friend Alex and his family came to the city for the last weekend, and he, we've been trying to get together um, for so long, and he, um, we went, I, he gave me his house for the weekend. I just had a dog sit, so it was like two, three days up there, and it was in the middle of nowhere. It's not nowhere, but it's a city, it's a yeah. town, but it's like he lives out the sticks, and it's, it was gorgeous. It was just, just what I needed. It's necessary. Yeah. A little reboot. Yeah. Um, well, same, same kind of, um, uh, I'm happy to have a conversation about what quote your untold story is, or, you know, a, a conversation about that prompt. I've had a lot of different responses, so whatever, um, <laughs> in what sense, like, um, just, yeah. uh, something that maybe doesn't come up about you often and there's something that um, uh, an experience that you had that a lot of people don't know about so it can totally range like if I was like I can tell you about uh, the game that I used to play by myself mm-hmm. and like when I was a kid and like in the car I would like play this game with the raindrops on the window but like I don't think I ever told anyone about that or you know some people have talked to me about um, you know like a traumatic event like you don't have you also don't have to mm-hmm. answer but i'm just wondering what that prompts yeah i've talked about events but I, I don't want to talk about it no you don't have to research that stuff people can it's online it's still place people can look at that stuff but i don't like to always talk about that no no um, i um not that i'm ashamed of anything it's just like kind of driven into the ground I'm not um, sure. but um let's see one untold story let me think for a second yeah um, <laughs> funny or sad or it doesn't whatever, matter. whatever that that prompt makes you think of, and you can also, you know, plead the fifth if you don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> no, I don't want to put any pressure. Um, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of a funny but tragic story. It's uh, not tragic, but in the sense that I, when I shot my first feature film, I um. We were doing six day weeks, and which means we were shooting six days a week, and um, and we were shooting in December. And the people, if anyone from that film hears this, they will know. But some of them will know. Um, my producers will know, but not anyone else. And um, I had this toothache, and um, I um, it was it got really really bad. And so finally, it got so bad to the point it was it was keeping me up at night. And I didn't know what was going on. I thought, mainly, I thought I was just grinding my teeth because I was nervous and the stress of the film and everything. We tried to get so much done in so little time. We had like 22 shooting days, I think. And there's this massive script with all these um, actors in it. And, this, um, and so it was my first feature and there was all this money at stake. And I thought I was just grinding my teeth at night. So finally, it got so bad that um, on, my, on our, one of our off days, which was during the week, I got an appointment with a dentist. One of my producers got an appointment with one of his dentists, and we went, and he said, oh, this tooth has to come out. It's rotten, basically. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and But he couldn't take it out then. Why? Because, uh, I don't know, I had to do some, yeah, I had to come back and do it like the next day or something. I can't remember what it was. It was just a few years ago. 
And uh, I don't remember the exact reason, but yeah. so it was so, and I tried to maybe they could change the shooting schedule or something, and they couldn't do it. And so I had to go through, I couldn't go back for another week. Oh my God. And so I had this excruciating pain. For, and so I had to direct it with this last week of shooting to direct with this excruciating pain in my mouth. And so I was just breathe, really yeah. breathe, just go to corner breathe. And sometimes we were, we were working in this abandoned building, which we'd given permission, it was going to be demolished um, mm -hmm. within a month, but we turned it into like a hospital and all this other stuff. And so during breaks, I would go to different parts of the building that weren't being used and just scream for 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, and then I go back. Did to it set. help though? It did help. Yeah. Because I was it was pent up for hours. Yeah, you're and it. The pain, um, and they gave me medication and stuff, but it wasn't doing anything. Uh, Painkillers. And so someone said to me, um, <laughs> I won't say what they gave me, but they said. Yeah. Um, so finally, I got a prescription. We, I think my friend called the dentist and he gave me a prescription. I think it was for Vicodin. Okay. And I started popping those babies like crazy. And so one of the guys on the, um, everyone then eventually found out what was going on. So one of the guys um, in the film, one of the actors came over to me and he had a substance problem um, mm -hmm. years before and he was in recovery. And, and I mean, he's, you know, former, yeah. I guess, addict or whatever. And he came over to me and he said, hey man, he pulled me aside and goes, I see you've been popping those pills like candy. You need to watch it. And I'm like, what? He says, you had one, and then you popped another one like an hour later. I was like, no, I didn't. He said, I saw you. And I was like, oh, so he called gosh. me out right there, and he was totally right. And I was like, he says, those things are very addictive. And I was like, but they're just, I'm just doing it to get through the day. Yeah. And he says, yeah, right. And then you'll be doing it to get through the night, and then trust me, I've been there. And so I stopped right then and there. And... Um, and then just it was just painful until you had it was just had, painful wow. yeah because it scared the hell out of me and um, then I would get addicted because I could feel it you yeah because I was like popping them more than I should and because um, it was just so relaxing yeah and yeah. also a week is a really long time to wait between like oh we need to take this tooth out eh, yeah because yeah. because of our shooting schedule yeah. that's why I mean the dentist um, that's the next, next time I could go was wow. to, when we got our next off day which was a week later so um, so that's one of my well, <laughs> No, thank you for Sorry, sharing. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that and chatting. It was really fun. Okay. Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah.